Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. of the playoff editions of the True Blue LA podcast. Uh, I, I used to do, I did a volunteer at a call bank once and accidentally called into what a voicemail that was just a, uh, like a sharp advice, like a betting advice. And it was this 40 minute long voicemail um, that's answering machine message. So I'm going to pretend that's what this is like. Uh, Eric the Eagle, Jacob the Sharp. How you, how you doing, Eric? Pretty good. And stay tuned for our five star lock of the week. Uh, so, uh, you know, let's start on the bad news. Does that lock of the week involve, uh, the Dodgers catcher, Yasmani Grandal? Yeah. I mean, and whatever the under is, <laughs> it, it was, it was really bad. Like, um, he, you know, he's been struggling, um, in the postseason. And like, uh, I think we talked about this on the last episode, be- um, because, uh, we did. I think John, <laughs> yeah. John Wiseman brought it up. Like he was like five for, uh, 59 in his postseason career and like two for his last 45. I, I think he listened to the podcast and said, you think I can't, can't do worse? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm no expert on internet memes, but I think the phrase he used was hold my beer. <laughs> uh, but he, um, in, in game one, uh, he had, um, two pass balls, two errors and 
it was and it was bad. I mean, you know, he actually did get a hit later in that game, um, and, and so and he's he's like one for he and then he grounded into a double play in game two, so he's six for sixty four now. But look, he's he's definitely like he's better than that, obviously. But it's like man, you you like every um, sort of uh, negative possible outcome like happened for him. There was one, yeah, gr- um, grounded into a bases loaded, yeah. Uh, one out rally killing double play. Right, where, like all you can hear is like the entire time, like John Stoltz, like you know, forty-seven times in a row saying, "These guys today they strike out." Like all you have to do, it's like the easiest thing in the world is just ground the ball to shortstop and you have a run. Like he's and that's like his main like <laughs> offensive thrust. And like and 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 then oh yeah, there's a downside to that. Like. You know, like, uh, so I don't know. It, it was bad, but yeah. So at some point they, you know, the, the graphic, uh, came up on the screen. So Grindon, he's the, like, he's like the first player in postseason history, I think, to have two errors and two pass balls in, in one game. Um, um, and so, and one of the errors was, here's how weird game one was. One of the errors was catcher's interference. And it was on a ball like that, um, was hit like so hard. At, like, it was like a line drive out at a time when like Clayton Kershaw desperately needed him out because he was he was scuffling, and like the fact that the ball was hit that hard while um, the bat hit Grandal's glove, like that that was a bad sign in itself for Kershaw. But like uh, the you know that and then it was you know it becomes an error. The batter reaches base, um, but like it's so weird because. Like of all the like strengths Grandall has, like you know he's he's one of the best like offensive catchers in the game. Like he's not a high average guy, obviously, but he he hits home runs, he walks, um, and like behind the plate, he's like one of the best frame pitcher uh, catchers at like framing pitches. But like it seems like every uh, it's so bizarre that he could be so good at framing and yet still like not catch the ball like more often than most catchers like like he has all he's led the uh, led the national league in pass balls last year he was tied for the league lead this year um it's like and then you know there's been plays at the plate where he just flat out like you know drops a ball like that'll happen but it's like man it seems to happen more often than not with Gendall, which is so odd because he's so good at framing and then to have like the catcher's interference stuff i i get it if you're trying to like you know you, I don't know. You, I don't know the exact technique, but maybe, maybe they're stabbing at the ball, you know, to try to put it in a, a spot that makes it look like a strike, and maybe that's why it happens. But I don't know. It just seems it's very odd. It's a, it's like the the weird dichotomy of Yasmani Grandal. But I think, um, yeah, he he he's in desperate need of like a, um, you know, a little bit of a turnaround or a pick me up. Yeah, we'll step back a little bit now. I wanted to start there just because if we're talking about a lock of the week, that seems to be the only thing we really, uh, and we and a lot of other people nailed going into this series. Going into this series, uh, the Dodgers are now one and one in the series with the best of five series, so to speak. The Dodgers have a home field advantage. Uh, going into the series is going to be Clayton Kershaw is great. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen is unbeatable. The Brewers are nearly unbeatable. And that's the kind of framing of the series we were going to get. Dodgers would have to score early, and then the Brewers would have to scrap together something. That's not that not that's not what we got. 
just like we all thought, right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, Clayton Kershaw was – he had – so last series, eight scoreless innings at home against the Braves. Uh, it was his longest postseason start ever. And then – so he followed that up against the Brewers with his <laughs> shortest postseason start ever. Uh, he did he, – Did he know this, this team this year, though? <laughs> right. Nothing, nothing comes, like, as planned. Like, you know, they might eventually, like, end up on top, but it's like – they're not going to do it in some sort of like formulaic way, you know, like, um, yeah. So, um, Kershaw, he, uh, he pitched three innings. He pitched into the fourth, couldn't get out of uh, it. Um, but, um, he gave up the, the most astonishing part was like, he gave up a home run to Brandon Woodruff, who, I mean, he's a minor league. He's started mostly in the minor league, but he's a reliever. He pitched in relief in this game. And it was crushed, like like it was a two strike pitch, and it was you know fastball down the middle. Whatever you're, it's a reliever. You're not going to like try. You're not going to walk him or whatever. But man, it, it was a crush ball, and so it was it was like historic because, well, a it was a lefty hitting a home run off Kershaw, which you know he gives up home runs, but it does, still doesn't happen that often. But also a lefty pitcher, that's ridiculous. But in the postseason, it, it's the first time. A left-handed batting pitcher has hit a home run off a left-handed pitcher. So, like, you, her history was made in Game One. Uh, <laughs> Great. And then, and then, like, uh, wait, like, just piling on that for a little bit. Wade Miley in the next game, he doubled and singled. Like, so, like, the Brewers um, pitchers are, are like just like raking in this series. So, that's sort of the the Santa. But no, um, yeah. The, so. Um, this is like you're talking about this series is so weird. So the Kershaw gave up the four runs and, um, um, actually I guess five runs, four of them were earned. So they're down five, uh, one, I believe. And, and then it's Milwaukee bullpen time. So that's, you know, game one going to the Brewers probably. And, and then the weird thing is, so it's five, one that, I mean, look, it's a playoffs. Nothing's insurmountable. But like they went to Josh Hader, um, game one of a five-one yeah. game. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and like, look, Josh Hader's their best reliever by far. He's a lefty. He's especially like lights out, neutralized. Um, you know, he neutralizes uh, lefties especially. So he, uh, Hader pitched the fifth through the seventh, three innings um, with a four-run lead. Like this was odd because. Um, Look, they've they've used him like he's a multi-inning guy, but also like he in a weird way like he's almost rarely a back-to-back guy. So like they've only I think they used him since the beginning of August like twice um, on um, uh, in back-to-back days. So like you know maybe his, the fact that he's pitching in game one meant he might not pitch in game two, but they they removed all doubt. And it just seemed weird in, like, in what it was. It's not the middle. It, it is the middle inning. It was innings five through seven. It seemed odd for him to pitch three innings, um, and, which completely knocked him out for game two. Um, and we'll get to that. But, like, it, it, um, he was, he was awesome. Like, he pitched, uh, you know, three scoreless innings. He struck out four. He did allow two hits, but it was like, look, they didn't really threaten. Um, but then it seems like once Hader was out and you knew he wasn't going to be ready, like available in game two, it seems like that's when the Dodger offense like sort of uh, came alive. They rallied um, against the rest of the relievers for Baltimore. 
and uh, they actually cut that game to uh, the Brewers added a run, so they, they ended up uh, winning six to five Brewers in game one. But the fact that it was close, um, and yeah. I think they had the tying run ninety feet away in game one, so like, but that that game was a loss pretty early, and they almost made it. You know, they almost came back. But then uh, the, you go to the next day, and Hader is not available. So then the, the Dodgers like took advantage there too. Like they, we talked about Wade Miley. He didn't give up a run. He pitched into the sixth. So things were looking a little more, a little bleak. I mean, it wasn't like a, a blowout or anything, but the Brewers were up um, three to nothing. Um, but then the Dodgers rallied off the, the haterless bullpen again. Um, and so, yeah, that really sort of set the tone for the, you know, it just made for a super odd weekend. But, yeah, I back to Hater for a second. Um, I think what's weird to me, like, so, like, I, I sort of, on one hand, like, I think clearly you, it's the playoffs, so he's going to have to pitch back-to-back games at some point, I think, for the Brewers. They, you know, whatever they did in game one to win, I get it. And, made, and, the, and that made him unavailable for game two. But I think maybe if that's the case, like, man, like, then that's a that's a win for the Dodgers by itself because um, if if that's what you sort of need at a hater just to, like, sneak in or get by with one win, I think um, – and Milwaukee's in a bad spot to begin with. So, but I just think they they could have maybe managed that better. Maybe pitch him one inning or maybe two in game one, and at least have him available for a, a like a, a maybe a, a lefty stretch of two batters or something in game two, because that would have been huge for them, I think. But I don't know. We'll never know. But it just seems like that really kind of turned the tide a little bit for the Dodgers. I think highlighted at most by I it's funny you said nothing about the Dodgers is predictable and I almost said it's almost inerrantly that except that Justin Turner is always good except right. that in game 1 he had his, his like worst like not not only he like uh, went over four how many strikeouts four uh, the, so it was uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, counting the playoffs um um and yeah counting the playoffs he's played in uh, or through game one, it was 974 games, and uh, that was the first time ever he struck out four times. So, and then yeah, like, he doesn't do that. He just didn't look himself, and then redemption time in game two. Right, he was the guy um, when Chris Taylor was on third with a tying run in the ninth with two outs. Taylor, uh, Turner struck out uh, three straight fastballs, um, and then earlier in the game, like there was a. Uh, he struck out looking, and it was a pretty bad call, I think. But like, you know, when it, it just sort of happens. But yeah, he was he was not pleased about that. But yeah, it was a bad bad game. But then yeah, so they're down uh, even with the comeback on game two. The Dodgers are still down three two in the eighth, and uh, Turner uh, hit a two run shot against Jeremy Jeffress, and that you know all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is crazy. But then to sort of t- cap it all off, what was funny about this before the game, the um, the Fox uh, pregame studio show has like uh, <laughs> Frank Frank Thomas, um, A Rod, and um, David Ortiz. It's unwatchable, man. It's terrible. Like, look, I, I give like I, I, the Sportsnet LA like stuff is bad, and it's and it's really bad. Um, like the pre and post game stuff, but like you know, to the point where I rush to for the mute button once the game is over or the change channel or whatever. But um, yeah, this is tough. It's a it's a tough watch on a normal day, but like before game two, Frank Thomas was saying like uh, the Dodgers should 
bench Justin Turner because he was so bad in game one and like start Cody Bellinger against the lefty. It's like, have you watched like baseball at all? Like, yeah. And, and, and then, so Turner had a single earlier, but then the home run. So that was like, especially satisfying, like, uh, from that standpoint, like it was just, it was a dumb comment had Turner not homered and it made the homer just added to it. Um, so it was, it was very odd, but, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of, um, uh, predictable things, <laughs> Uh, Alex Wood, no home runs allowed to 168 plate appearances against lefties all year. And he's allowed two home runs to lefties in the postseason. Uh, Freddie Freeman <laughs> last round and then, uh, Travis Shaw got him in game two. So, uh, I mean, like you just can't, you can't predict anything right now. It's just, it's so odd. And Alex Wood giving up home runs to lefties, which ended up being the deciding run in both games. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And dodger losses. Uh, so we're, you and I, you are going to be super busy, man, for the three games in a row at Dodger Stadium. So we're going to re- try to record again on Thursday. So let's, let's get a quick preview of the, the, all three home games. We go night game, night game, afternoon game, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Pacific time, it's 4.30. Well, not quote unquote night. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. No, but it's, yeah, close enough. 4.30, 6, and then 2. two the 2 o'clock. Start is going to be weird on Wednesday, um, but yeah. So we know the Dodgers sort of uh, starters. It's it's Walker Bueller today, um, and then um, uh, Rich Hill game four, and Clayton Kershaw game five. Uh, what was I, what was interesting? I thought so. Another thing about game two, um, the Dodgers ran out of position players, um, so they at some point in the ninth. I'm trying to think here. I guess it – I can't – honestly, I, I can't remember if it came to this, but – oh, yeah, uh, Kenta Maeda pitched the eighth, and then he was on deck to um, to bat in the ninth. And then, like, it was it would have been a thing had the Dodgers not come back at that point, but but he they did. So, like, he, it ended up he didn't have to bat, but it, they were out of pinch hitters. So it would either have been Maeda hitting for himself or, like, Kershaw pinch hitting. So that would have been weird, but even weirder – um, had the ball, they had also used um, seven relievers, um, and had the, Dave Roberts said had like the Brewers tied it against Kenley Jansen and went into extras. Four starter Rich Hill was going to pitch in extras, and then it even got to that. Someone asked yeah, yesterday uh, what, uh, like you know, had just say something came up with and Austin Barnes couldn't catch anymore. Um, what would you do? And he said Max Muncy was his emergency catcher, so. At some point, like if it came to this, like if something happened to Austin Barnes, this was probably we would probably them a few innings into the game, in extra innings. Um, Max Muncy would have had to catch, which he has never done in the majors or minors. Uh, Dave Roberts during the like media call yesterday said, uh, you know, Muncy's caught before, and unless it's like been in spring training or like instructional things or whatever, it hasn't come up in an actual game. So, but it would have been <laughs> Muncy Muncy catching. And then like, um, some pitcher playing a position because they were out of guys. So it would have been very interesting. Um, but then also like, he, you know, the other thing was, would have been like Kike, but he had already been pinch hit out of the game in the seventh. So like, th- it was very weird, but like, look, that's why you have the full roster. They used it. <laughs> like it, it worked. You know, you, you, you kind of go for today and worry about what's, what might happen. It's weird. But anyway. Yeah, so that that was sort of an odd quirk to game um, game two. 
the Brewers, we know Julius Tassin start today, game three. They haven't really announced a game four uh, starter. It probably depends what they need in game three. They've been super aggressive with the bullpen. Their bullpen has more innings pitched than the starters in the first uh, five games of the postseason. And that with the starters pitching pretty well, including to seem like um, Gio Gonzalez in game one, he gave up a run. He's the only Brewer starter to do so so far this October. Um, and he they pulled him after two innings. So it's like if you're not scoreless, they they will pull you in a heartbeat. <laughs> so um, uh, maybe they'll be aggressive with the bullpen and then it puts them into a bit of a, a bind for game four. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, not really sure who's pitching game four. It might be a bullpen type thing for them. But I guess it probably depends on what happens in Game 3. Yeah, probably going to be a bullpen type thing then for a lot of these games going out. So hopefully, hopefully the next time you and I talk, it is from the cover in our home covering the next series that awaits. Um, but, you know, if not, we'll be talking about the game going ahead to Milwaukee. Uh, there's another outcome that I'm not going to talk about. Sure. Anything else you wanted to touch base before we hang up our uh, our voicemail line? Yeah, it's just that um, both both uh, league championship series are one-one. Things could get decided before the weekend in theory if like one of the teams wins all three middle games. But I think we've watched enough baseball to know that that might not happen. So I'm yeah. thinking this 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 next weekend is going to be the decider to go see goes to World Series. There has not been a repeat World Series matchup in 40 years. Uh, when the Dodgers and Yankees hey. met up in 77 and 78. And so the Do- if that happens, it's, you know, it would be Dodgers-Astros, and it would be the Dodgers trying to avoid the same fate they had in 77 and 78, which was <laughs> losing both games of the Astros, unless they're setting up some sort of weird um, cathartic, like Dodgers win- beat the Astros in the 2021 World Series, then – Maybe that's all part of the grand plan. Who knows? But before that, we still have a lot of NLCS, so I hope everybody enjoys it, and we will talk to you in a few days.